Welcome to the first episode in a series called My Life Stories. You're in quarantine, I'm in quarantine. It's a bad time, so let's look back at the good times and on the good memories. So the first story I'm going to be telling in this episode, which is probably going to be the only story, I don't know, we'll see what we have for time. I'm flying by the seat of my pants today. I don't know what's going on or how to run a podcast, and I'm jumping right into it. (coughs) So my life consists of cars and a lot of hunting and fishing. So if you don't like those topics, click away. But so the story we're going to be talking about today consists of my 2018 rifle buck hunt. So I hunt central South Dakota and I had a rifle buck tag and I can't exactly remember the day it all went down let's just say is the day of Thanksgiving in 2018 I don't know when that is I'm bad with dates great with memories terrible with dates so we rolled in it was Thanksgiving day it was just a drizzly cold overcast fog with maybe a hundred yard visibility it was just a bad day. I mean, we tried to hunt as much as we could. We did a lot of scouting. But we could tell it just wasn't a day for hunting. So the first day consisted of asking a lot of landowners for permission. And just catching up with a lot of old connections. Making sure we had hunting permission that year. And so we'll fast forward to the second day. Which is the day after Thanksgiving. Wake up, it was a cold November morning, it was probably about 30 degrees. It was slightly overcast, it looked like at about 10 the sun was going to come up, it was going to get hot. It was just looking like a fairly good day for the rut, the rut was running hard. So, that second day, we hunted hard in the morning. We put in a sit, it wasn't real eventful, so we got up and drove to this abandoned farmyard we had permission for. And this farmyard sits at the top of the hill, and then it's just a plateau that runs this giant bowl. It's just this huge ridge with this real deep bottom where you probably drop about 200 feet. And so we're looking... And if you break this bull up on an X and Y axis and you have four points, on the farthest side of, like, the left side on the X axis, there's probably a group of 12 does, what looked like one pretty solid buck, and just one dinky buck that was hanging around. It's pretty tough to tell. They're probably about 1,500 yards away. And then on the top of the y-axis, there are just these two great-looking bucks. They're probably about a mile away, and even a mile away, they're blurring the spotting scope, but you could just tell those were the bucks you had to go after. And of course, we have permission for where they are, where this big group is, but we could have walked right up to them. But everything would have had to get to walk straight up to them was private property, didn't have permission. 
They just didn't let people hunt. So we backed out, didn't let them know we were there. We watched them bed down. They are probably going to stick there all day. And so we get permission. We come up with this plan. We get permission from a guy to go up on the backside of them. So we start walking, and it's a pasture that was a quarter of a mile wide by a mile and a half long. And so we start this hike, and we probably get about three-quarters of a mile in, so have half of the pasture left to walk. And it was crazy going up and down this pasture. It was just flat. You could see across the whole thing. But as soon as you got halfway through it, there's this little ravine that was probably about 20 feet wide. I mean, it was just crazy. It was probably about 20 feet wide. And a hundred feet deep, like you could just drop straight down this thing. Like you could run, take a jump, and you'd free fall for about like eighty feet, and then you just smack hit the bottom. And so we carefully traversed that. That got pretty sketchy, and went up the other side. And then there's another thing like another little ravine, same way, except this one was probably about 50 feet across. And I'm not kidding, it dropped over 200 feet deep. Like, it is just complete darkness down at the bottom. It was just this crazy thing. I've never seen anything like it, besides for that one pasture. And so we traverse both these ravines and get up, and we see the two bucks... And we're probably about, I want to say it was roughly like 2,000 yards away. And we got a slightly better look at them than the first time. And they were just studs. They were two of the biggest bucks I've ever seen. So we start pushing hard because we have to make up roughly about 1,600 yards. And they have to go about a quarter of a mile. And I think a quarter of a mile roughly that I think so we we both had to go about the same distance but they're just cruising and so we finally get up to them in shooting range right as they crossed the fence and we alerted them they just looked at us and they were just both monsters I mean that one was probably a solid 150 to 160 and the other one was easily in the 180s he was just buck of a lifetime beautiful Perfectly symmetrical, except he had one drop tine, he had crazy mass, he was real tall, real heavy. And so it's just kind of crushing. We got to him, we got set up, and we're just about to complete the impossible as they just make that jump to safety. And they walk over the hill, and they had this little buck following them, and he comes up to about 800 yards, and he's just this real crazy was probably about 10 inches wide he's just this really narrow buck with no mass he's nothing spectacular except the fact that his brow tines were probably about six inches and his g2s probably hit about 10 and he's probably just this two-year-old but just great genetics he had he just had a lot of promise so i was looking at him and i was looking at him and i just let him walk he's way too young really had good promise and so we sit down on the back side of this like little knob in the middle of this pasture just laying on our bellies no deer couldn't tell we were there we were just watching 
because there was two sets of a mom and the last year's kids coming down this hillside, and we were just watching them. You never know, maybe a buck would come running down the hill behind them. So we're watching them, and I stopped paying attention because this tiny little fork mule deer just comes walking behind me at about 80 yards, had no idea we were there, just running the fence line, going about life. And I got too busy, and I looked back, and one of the sets of the mom and fawn pair was gone. But there was this dried-out stock dam with a bunch of tall grass growing in it, and I thought they went into that. So I was looking for them, and I was looking for them, and we were about 680, 700 yards away from that stock dam. And all of a sudden, I just see these horns moving in the tall grass. And I start freaking out because we were hunting hard and everything was just going wrong. And I was kind of crushed by those two bucks crossing the fence right as we were setting up. And so I start freaking out because I hunt with my dad. He's right next to me. And I'm like, big buck, big buck, get ready, big buck. And he finally spots him as I'm looking at him. And he is... Wasn't as big as I thought, but he's about 700 yards away, so ground shrinkage is real, people. At that distance, he just looked heavy and tall and wide. And so we're watching, and this doe and fawn pair walks by him, and he stands up, and it's go time. I carry a 257 with a bipod, my dad carries a 270 without a bipod. And at that range, 257 is just not big enough. So we're laying on our backs out in the middle of this pasture as this deer's getting up. And I'm unscrewing the bipod from my gun with a penny as he's getting his 270 ready so I can throw the bipod on there. And we're laying in the grass, changing out with this penny, get it set up. I get it set up. I'm laying there prone, knock some of the grass down, pull out the range finder. And we ranged him at 695. And that summer I had practiced out to 500, didn't have any more land to go, so 500 was the farthest I'd shot at that point. And I knew I could hit a quarter at 500 with that 270. So I hold it a little bit higher than I would at 500. Just take a deep breath, squeeze off. Had no idea where the bullet went. Didn't know if it hit high, if it hit low. There's no indication of anything, and he's just standing there. So I take a deep breath. I lower it probably like a third of an inch, just minuscule amounts. Take a deep breath, pull the trigger. It just squeezed off perfectly, and he just mule kicks, and you can just see it spray. And he takes off running. And I mentioned this pasture is only a quarter of a mile wide. And now if he ran the direction he was facing, he'd have went on to property I had permission for, would have been fine, no issue, could have went and got him. But if he crossed that fence line, those people, there are all sorts of deer that people have had run into there, and they just won't let him go get it. Game warden won't do anything, so there's just deer laying out there from years past that make a good shot, but even in that pasture, it's not that hard for a deer to cover half of that. And so he takes off running, and keep in mind, he ran up a little higher now, so he's probably about 
700 to 710 yards away. So he's running full speed at 700, whatever, 710 yards. That's what we'll go with. And I'm leading him by probably three feet. Squeeze off the shot. It just hit a little above him, but left and right would have been perfect. So I jacked the shell again. Last shell I had. Gun holds four. His last round. He's running full speed. So I buried a little. Like prior to what I did. Because standing up, kick, running, swinging. And I squeeze it off. And I just tumble him. He just flips onto his side. 710 yard running shot. And he just rolls over. And he's just mule kicking. Digging in the grass. He's just letting out this. Horrendous grunt going, and he crawled into a patch of buck brush. We knew he was hit good. He wasn't getting up, and so I sit there. I'm freaking out because that range finder is dead on, and we clocked that at over 700 yards, and I just made a 700-yard running shot, and you never know with the deer. I knew both of the hits looked fairly good, but they looked a little far back. So we switched the bipod over again because, of course, heat of the moment, forgot to grab extra shells. So the 270's empty. And he's laying there in this buck brush, and his head's moving, but he's hurt. And we're waiting, waiting. Pretty soon, it's over 20 minutes we've been sitting there watching him. And he doesn't do anything. He's just moving his head, head still up, alert. So I'm like, okay, this is enough. I was listening to my dad. He's got over... The amount of hunting experience he has is double my lifespan. And so I normally listen to his word. He's pretty good. And I'm like, this is enough weight, and if he gets up, I'll just shoot him again. So I start sneaking over there, and he's all mad at me because I thinks we should just wait it out. And finally he catches up, and we're about 200 yards away. And he finally picks his head up one last time, and he just lets out this. Had to have went on for like 30 seconds, just this like release of air. Almost like life was leaving him. You could just tell it was game over. An old warrior was passing away, and he just goes, and just holds that for like 30 seconds. Like, I could just tell what was going on. Life of a brute passed away. So we walk up there, and I thought this deer was easily going to push 140, 150, just a solid buck. And we walk up there, and the body on this deer was enormous. I mean, I've shot some big does. Before this, I really hadn't shot a big-bodied buck, because back in 2016, I shot my first buck, and that was just a little spiker. But this buck, when we finally got him to our locker, we have a meat processing locker on my grandpa's farm. We put him on the scale, and this buck clocked in at 310 pounds, live weight. No cape taken off him, guts are still in him. He's a 300-pound buck. And now I, I just don't know if it's ground shrinkage because we're letting him bleed out for 20 minutes. Or if it was just the 700-yard shot, but walk up to him. He officially taped out 
at 121 inches and 3 eighths. He's pretty solid 4 by 3. He broke off his brow tine, otherwise he'd probably hit about 125. He's just Good mainframe, he's about 18 inches wide. His G2s are 10. His G3s are uh, both 7, I think. And his brow time that he has is 2.5. He's solid buck, nothing wrong with him. He's just not what I thought he was. But just that experience of trying to drag a deer that is 310 pounds, even on the best conditions, dragging him downhill, I will still never forget that, he's just a big brute, and he had chips all over his horns, brow tines broken off, and found out when we were skinning him, he had an infection, because he got, his whole back half was just stabbed from another buck, and I'm pretty sure I actually found the other buck that did it, because this property there had been two big bucks running around all year keeping pretty good contact with the guy that owns it and there's a little cedar patch where they like to hang out and there was trees just scraped to high heaven and I actually found the other buck laying in a ditch when I was loading mine up he got hit by a car the night before and the coyotes got to him and he had one side that the base mass was 8 inches and from the base to the tip it went straight up 19 inches in the air and it's just this heavy club with 3 points on it and the other side was a fairly good this is a 7 point and it wasn't a crazy a huge 7 point but just having 7 points in general that buck ended up taping out at 1 I think it was 139. Got a take from the game warden to take him home. He came, looked at it. He's like, yeah, take it. It's good. And I'm pretty sad because this pasture, just these two stud bucks, both big-bodied, fairly good racks on both of them were gone. But I guess that's life, and that's a part of my story. And that will conclude this episode about my 2018 rifle hunt. The next episode will be out next week. I'm intending to do an episode every week on Wednesdays. As always, this is my life.